It is time for the first edition for 2021 of the State Champs Indiana Hangtime Podcast. It is presented by Lawrence Intellectual University. If you have the dream of playing college sports, LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports, including men's and women's basketball. Lawrence Tech wants you to recruit yourself. More on that later in the program. My name is Greg Rakestraw, joined as always by Bob Stambazzi. Happy New Year, my friend. How you doing? Happy New Year to you and everybody else. Just great. Ready to run, gun, and giggle, baby. So we have had a three-week break since the last time we got together. Took a two-week holiday break. Unfortunately, a lot of teams have taken a two-week COVID-19 <laughs> break at some point in time this season. We've got a variety in terms of number of games that teams have played to this point. But from a calendar standpoint, we're right about at the halfway point of the season. So since the last time we've gotten together, Baz, just how much hoops have you seen? Oh, seriously, uh, since last time we spoke, uh, just about 16 ball games we broadcast in uh, the county tournament, then uh, post-county tournament. But it's been a blast. We had a great county tournament. Went right down to the wire with 2.6 seconds to go in the girls for the championship and the boys. Uh, Manchester comes away victorious with Coach Henson in his first ever Wabash County tournament championship over the Wabash Apaches in a very close basketball game at the Castle at Southwood High School. So we had a really great Wabash County tournament. Which is outstanding and wonderful to hear. So now with that, um, let's talk about county tournaments because I think more counties than not have one. Um, the one that I get to cover, uh, starting with Tuesday night with Lawrence North and North Central, I think is the most well-known, the Marion County Tournament, just because of the fact you've got 16 teams that are participating in it. And obviously there is a separate county tournament and city tournament here in Indianapolis, but it's kind of the event that uh, if you're, if you're you know, throwing darts on the basketball calendar, you've got the holiday tournaments, uh, and then you get to the county tournaments in January. We'll talk more about the Marion County Tournament coming up in just a little bit, but you know there have been earlier ones last week and to give you an idea of uh, kind of the COVID-19 times that we live in, the Hendricks County Tournament is a tournament that gets a decent amount of attention around these parts. Well, last week, the Hendricks County Tournament went from six to four teams participating because you had like Avon and Plainfield that couldn't field a team that could not play in the tournament. Um, and so, hence, you had a four-team four draw. Um I'm crossing my fingers, knocking on wood. Haven't heard of anybody that's had to step out of the Marion County Tournament just yet. I know on the girls' side, because they have that back in December, uh, they had to have three teams that could not play, and so three teams just got first-round buys. What was normally a 16-team tournament became a 13-team tournament. Uh, the Wabash Valley Classic, by no means a county tournament, but a huge holiday event in Terre Haute. They ended up playing with 14 teams in that event. And by the way, congratulations to Greencastle, who won that big get-together on December the 30th. While we're talking about basketball games on December the 30th, let's talk about what is the uh, uh, the, the Rose Bowl of Indiana High School tournaments uh, in the regular season, the granddaddy of them all. That would be the Hall of Fame Classic. This year, the folks in Newcastle with the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame elected to go with um, smaller schools that have a tremendous talent and that are as good as any in the state this year. 
It was an all 2A and under field, Bar Reeve, Blackhawk Christian, Shenandoah, and Blackford. Three fantastic games. It did not disappoint with Blackhawk Christian coming out the winner. Just your thoughts on how things unfolded in Newcastle a couple of weeks ago, Baz. Well, you sit there and look, and, and you look at uh, the, the really the, the uh, 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 Blackford game right off the get-go, how exciting that was, uh, literally going down to the wire, then the Blackhawk Christian coming through there in their big ball game. Look, if you sit there – and you look at the teams that were actually in that thing, you're saying, how can we get this quality of basketball player from this amount of kids? Usually it's one or two standouts. But, Greg, the overall team play that I got to see uh, was exceptional. Uh, it's a shame more fans didn't get to see it in person, but there were a ton watching. But, but to get away with what they did was exceptional uh, high school basketball. I mean, just – Holy moly, what a great crew. Then you look, as we've talked about them all year, uh, Blackhawk Christian is is really heads and shoulders above those teams. Well, Blackhawk's going to get a test as of Tuesday night because yeah. they have the game. We have circled on the calendar with Homestead uh, coming up uh, throughout the you know the, well, the course of the season and dating back to when I saw each of those two teams play. In the same event here in the Indianapolis area, the All-State Sneakers for Santa shootout of Brownsburg back on December the 5th. Those two played the last two games. So, of course, then we look ahead to when they play in the regular season. And the answer is on Tuesday night with Homestead being the home team and Homestead coming in at 12-0. More on that in a moment. But, again, this is a very unique year in Indiana high school basketball where this is now the 24th year that we have had class basketball. And, Baz, in, in, in my time of doing this, I thought maybe one time when I went to the state finals that the 4A team wasn't the best team. Uh-huh. And I'll, I'll tell you, the year was 2008, uh, kind of the middle of the Zeller brothers. Tyler was joined by Seth Coy. So they went 6-11, 6-11, did Washington. And I thought, you know what, maybe Washington was the best team in the state that year. Uh, although it's funny, the team that won 4A in Brownsburg that year only have two guys still playing professional basketball. One of them rather handsomely paid, as I think most people know, in Gordon Hayward. The other one is Julian Mavunga, who's a star over in Japan. Uh, so it wasn't like that Brownsburg team like talent or the team that Brownsburg beat the state championship game, Marion. They had a handful of college players on that team, too. They were pretty good. But that was how good that Washington team was. This is a year where I think there are three or four teams outside of 4A that are every bit as good as the best teams in 4A basketball. And I've kind of got the results to prove it. Uh, Blackhawk Christian, again, we'll see what happens against Homestead, who most people think are the, some people think they're one or two, and maybe they are, but from a rating standpoint, they're currently the third best team in 4A basketball. Uh, We'll see how Blackhawk shapes up, but they have beaten everyone in their path that they have played so far. Carmel is considered to be the number two team in 4A basketball. I had the call of the game. I was lucky to have it. They took Car- Barry took Carmel to overtime before losing on a basket with four seconds left to play back on December the 23rd. Both Shenandoah and Blackford have hung with those two teams. It took Blackhawk Christian overtime to beat Shenandoah in the Hall of Fame Classic. And then let's extend that to Silver Creek, who didn't play in the Hall of Fame Classic last year, or this year because they played it last year. Silver Creek has lost twice, 
both times without their best player, who's going to go to Purdue and Trey Kaufman. And since he returned from an ankle injury, they have not lost since that time. So I, I, I'm not sure I've, I've, I've got a, a point to this or a pointed question to ask you. Just a thought on the fact that, again, it's a unique year where the talent seems to be a bit more evenly distributed from a best team standpoint than it normally is. Well, you know, Greg, I sit here and, I, and I'm listening to what you're saying, and a lot of things are going through my mind up here in our area when I talk about Blackhawk and we talk about Homestead. And the big thing that I look at is uh, with Fletcher Lawyer coming in to Homestead, yep. to me, is kind of the icing. Uh, with good, okay, good is good, all right? No, no pun intended. But I think their physicality uh, for them, they're the sneaky team to me in the state. They're ranked number three, but uh, people know about them, but do they really know about them? And I think that's what's going to uh, really come out when they take on uh, uh, Blackhawk Christian coming up here in a few days because uh, this is going to be a team that can go inside outside. This is going to be a team that can play completely as a team. I mean, you look at their two big guys, between the average of 45 points a game, five, 14 rebounds, and 10 assists between the two. And that's a load uh, for somebody to try to match up with them. I, I don't, this is just going to be a great game. I know we talk a lot about how good Blackhawk Christian really is. But I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to tell you right now, I know we got time to come to this game. I get it. But I've got to take Homestead in this one. And this is a, this is a topic you have heard me preach about uh, during the football season and what we've done in the basketball season, and that is I love the schedule that Homestead has played. Now, again, exactly. Homestead, you know, in football, they're 6A, which means they're in the top 32 enrollments in the state. They should go out and find the best possible schedule. But I love the fact they have gotten outside of their area. I've already referenced they played Cathedral. They played a very good South Bend St. Joseph team that has a young man that's going to play at Notre Dame next year. Uh, and they beat them by 25. They played Warren Central and Brownsburg the same day and beat both of them uh, up in an event in Fort Wayne. They then hosted North Central uh, a Saturday ago and beat a solid North Central team by 15. They will go play at number one Lawrence North on January the 23rd. Hamilton Southeastern comes their direction on February the 6th. If Homestead and or Carmel were to lose a game off of their schedule, I would love to see the two of them get together because those two are in the same regional. And so it gives them an idea as to absolutely what to expect from one another. But if you go back to the last time Homestead played in the state championship game and won it, which was an epic state title game against Evansville Wrights back in 2015, I bring that up now because that was one of the rare years where there was not an Indianapolis area team in the 4A state championship because obviously sometimes we have Carmel versus, I say sometimes, a lot of times we have Carmel versus a Marion County team because Carmel goes north out of Hamilton County. Everybody else in the bracket, you know, tends to go south. Yeah. Well, maybe it's possible this is a year where we don't have an Indianapolis team. And I think LN's exceedingly good. The caveat I'll give you on that, Baz, is that I'm not sure anybody south of Indianapolis can hang with whomever comes out of the Southport Regional 
in 4A. Oh. But even as good as Carmel is, it's not a given that they get they get out of that regional because that's how good the Homestead Spartans are. Well, Homestead is really good. I can't argue with you on that. I haven't seen uh, teams coming out of central Indiana. I haven't read much about them because I've really been following them up here on the northern part of the state. But uh, I, I can't argue with your thoughts on that because I do know Homestead, uh, uh, Greg, is is really, really going to be a load uh, to, to match up with anybody. Before we continue, if you're a student athlete and feel you've been overlooked by universities, Lawrence Technological University has a unique program for you to recruit yourself. Take a listen. If you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, e-sports, women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit LTUathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. Welcome back and hitting the home stretch of the state champs, the Indiana Hangtime Podcast. I'm Greg Rakestraw, joined by Bob Stambazzi. Um, how many games you got this week, Bass? Well, we got three days, six games this week. Uh, go take it easy. <laughs> it's good. We got two girls' dates and uh, one boys' date. The boys' date, I'm kind of excited about, Greg, because it's a rematch of the county uh, championship game, and and that should really, really be a slewer up at uh, with Manchester and uh, – Wabash with that bad boy. So I'm really looking forward to that rematch of that contest. Well, uh, I have a similar schedule. Now, mine tends to be more spread out. So you, you you, and I talked about this in December, those days where I'd have four or five games on a Saturday. Yeah. For the most part, those have gone by the wayside. Now we will still in January get the occasional girls and boys doubleheader. And I am slated to get one of those on Friday night. So up in the air in terms of um, – you know, a couple of different sites that we might be going to. Um, but this is the the first of potentially three weeks in a row where I have a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and then two games on Saturday. Not like I have a real job, uh, but uh, but that's kind of a haul that I've got over the next two or three weeks. So, and 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 the, the, it's the first two out of the shoot that probably will get the lion's share of attention. So I'll focus on those. Lawrence North and North Central, they play twice in the span of 10 days. They can easily play a third time, come sec time, because they're both in the same sectional. It'll take place at Tech High School the first week of March. Um, North Central does not have an overly impressive record. Uh, it's in part because they have been beaten by really good teams every time they have taken an L. They've got one of the best juniors in the state in Leland Walker, Part of the issue North Central has is that they're just not an overly deep team. They they are not going to play more than eight. In fact, the last time we had them on our ISC Sports Network cameras, eight is what they dressed for that contest. Uh, they take on a Lawrence North team that also isn't overly deep, but, man, are they resilient. I saw them again on Friday night. They got down to Warren Central early. You would never know it by the fact they won that game by some 20 points. Um, the, the, the top two or three players that Lawrence North have, and you, we've heard this many times over the years before, are as good as any in the state. But they have a young man that I think is being really under-recruited. Uh, maybe he should go to the Lawrence Tech Recruit Yourself uh, 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 platform. 
Shamar Avance is his name, three-year starter at point guard, um, averaging over 20 points a game. He had 18 in the victory against Warren Central on Friday. Does have three Division I offers, so he's going to get a Division I look. IUPUI, Miami of Ohio, uh, and, and the University of Tennessee Martin, so UT Martin. Uh, but this is a guy that that was a solid player for him last year, was, was, the, was more of a true point guard because he was often distributing to Tony Perkins, who's now playing at the University of Iowa. Even though he's got a couple of Division One talents around him, and DJ Hughes that's headed to Butler, and CJ Gunn, who is a junior that has you know more offers than he has fingers to count uh, at this point, Avance has been the guy that has kind of taken over the offensive output for this team, not at the, at the detriment of the other two guys, but just because he's been the guy that's made the big plays and they've had to go in games. Bob, they've played nine times this year. Five of those, they have won by five or less. Oh, And many times, including a game that we had against Fishers, they've had to come from double digits down to get the victory. So, again, I think they're as good as anybody in the state. Not like they're an unbeatable team, um, but they're gritty. They're tough. They've got a lot of experience. They played a lot of games that resemble postseason games already this year. Surprise, surprise, LN's really good again this year. Well, what's interesting about what you're saying, Greg, I'm a firm believer in watching games over my lifetime. Uh, Teams that learn how to win the close ones, uh, they're the team that you kind of fear because they play without fear. Yep. And uh, those are the ones that uh, uh, really come at you and they don't stop. They don't get in a hurry. They just play their game. They get back into it and good teams find ways to win. All right. So with that, that is the first game of the Marion County tournament. And again, barring any postponements or teams that simply can't answer the bell because of COVID-19, here is how the bracket is scheduled to take shape. Eight games take place on Tuesday night. Then those winners face each other on Wednesday night. Once we get down to a semifinal, then those four teams go to Southport Fieldhouse on Friday night, and the championship game takes place on Saturday night. Barring a change in the state numbers um, as of Wednesday, we're one of the counties that is in orange, not red. And quickly, high school basketball fans have learned if it's orange – then maybe you got a chance to go to the game. Bingo. If it's red, you have to have given birth to one of the people that is playing in the game uh, <laughs> to, to, have, to, to, to go to the game. So there is a chance for fans to attend the Tuesday games and hopefully the Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday games. Well, the crowds, what they normally are, of course not, but we have learned to appreciate this year what we can have. And so as of now, fans are allowed. What I will say is this, it's probably not the deepest the Marion County tournament has been. Because obviously there are years you're talking about four or five of the top teams in the state. Well, we've got multiple top 10 teams from the Indianapolis area, but Carmel is Hamilton County. Westfield is Hamilton County. Uh, Cathedral plays in the city tournament. Attics plays in the city tournament. So I do think LN, I wouldn't say as a prohibitive favorite, but as a favorite, uh, they get a, a tough game out of the shoot with North Central. The team that they beat on, on Friday night in Warren Central has, has a lot of talent. They haven't figured out the new pieces working together yet. They're three and four on the season. They, they've lost a couple of games to COVID-19 postponements. I still kind of expect them to be the team that's opposite LN in the championship game this coming Saturday. So it's it's going to be a, a, a fun tournament. It always is. I just hope we get through 15 games 
as we normally do. Baz, the other game that I've got on Wednesday night is always a fun one. And it's frankly always played this week because of the Marion County tournament going on. In other words, these two teams don't play in it and they're looking for a game to play. So they play each other. And that is Carmel and Cathedral. Uh, these two teams played last year. We had the game on ISC and the game went to overtime. This is a Cathedral team that I really like. It's a Carmel team, much like LN. They're exceedingly experienced. They find ways to win. And again, these are two teams that are in opposite halves of the bracket. When it comes to the state tournament, it is possible these two teams see each other again at Bankers Life Fieldhouse at the end of March. Wow. That, that is unreal. <laughs> Looking for a game to play, so we'll just play each other. Right. Well, I mean, they, they've done it now for many years. but, but <laughs> I know, but it's just a thought, you know. It, 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 it's also odd that the, one of the marquee games in the state for a given week is on a Wednesday. Um, and, and, for example, Carmel didn't play Friday or Saturday. So they will play on Wednesday night, and they will then uh, be off until the following Friday. Uh, when is the next time they play again? And by the way, numbers one and number two, as of now, Ellen and Carmel, they will play each other on February the 4th. But like I said a moment or two ago, a game that uh, that we will have on the ISC Sports Network is number three Homestead at number one LN. That's at 5.30, January 23rd. So a week from this Saturday, a game that, of course, will get attention from across the state of of Indiana. Bad for the good of the cause this morning. Well, just another good week. Uh, we pray that we get to play each and every day. The Wabash girls just went in total quarantine. And it's interesting, Greg, it, it's something we haven't talked about. When they're going into quarantine now, they're not going to come out until just prior right. to the girls' sectional, which is the draw the 24th. So things are starting to finish up rather quickly on the girls' side. Thank goodness we still have some time on the boys' side. That's a very good point, and that was not lost on me either. So, again, just to, to, just to go along with Bob's side, obviously we focus on the boys' side of basketball on this podcast, but both Bob and I cover a regular amount of girls' basketball. In fact, I think I'm on, I'm on tap to call three games this week, Thursday night, one on Friday, and one on Saturday afternoon as well. We at ISC had the number one play on SportsCenter, one of our girls' basketball games from Saturday with Homestead and LN playing and Homestead winning in overtime with a remarkable three that was made by Purdue-bound Jayla Smith to get that game to overtime. So we, we just like Bob, we cover girls' basketball as well, even though our focus is boys. But uh, just to repeat Bob's thoughts, we have three more weeks of, of the regular season left to go in girls' basketball. And so if you go into quarantine now, um, you have a week left. If you do that next week, you are basically out until the sectional. And I'm curious if you'll almost see teams get to the final week and go, let's not play. Let's not take a chance. Let's, <laughs> let's lock it down. Let's be ready for the postseason. So because we, we saw all about in volleyball teams that, you know what? We're good. We don't need to play. Let's just get to the postseason. Maybe you'll see something like that from a girls' basketball standpoint as well. But time for us to go. Thank you, Wes Wolf, behind the scenes. Thank you, Bob Stambazzi. Thanks to the folks at State Champs. And, of course, thanks to our presenting sponsor, the good folks at Lawrence Technological University. You've been listening to the State Champs Indiana Hangtime Podcast. We'll talk to you again next week. Next week.